Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. I'm going to be talking today about a generous heart. And I believe it's a word from the Lord, a word in season. I really feel like God has, has got something for us today, something special. So every now and again, the Lord gives me a, a sermon to give that I feel is, is kind of like a really important one. And I think today is an important one, a generous heart. And having just been through Christmas, I think that this issue is highlighted for us because there's a lot of giving and a lot of receiving. And because God gave his ultimate gift in Jesus, we remember that at Christmas. I don't know about you, but I've been through various Christmases where I have watched all the giving and receiving of gifts. Often I'm the dad who sits in the corner, all the kids are going berserk, the mums are all wonderfully happy with their wonderful clothes or makeup or whatever, and I got one or two things and I feel kind of out of it. And I'm watching everyone and I'm thinking, I'm not really into this, I'm not really enjoying it. And it's been a time for me to reflect on my own heart and how do I feel about giving and receiving. And I've been thinking a lot about this recently and I believe the Lord has just opened my brain in an amazing way recently to understand this whole idea of generosity. I think most of us know that generosity is something we're supposed to have as Christians, but I'm not sure we understand what a big part it plays and what a big revealer it is of our hearts and where we really are with the Lord. There's two things that I want to bring out today, and they may seem like two independent topics. The one is a generous heart, and the other one is an idea called grace versus mercy. And I'm going to, so I'm going to do the two topics today, parallel, and then at the end I'm going to bring them together, I'm going to, and I'm going to show you how actually it's an amazing revealer. This idea of generosity, we sometimes just push it aside and say, yes, yes, I know, we're supposed to be generous. But actually, there's, there's a treasure here. This Christmas actually, I believe, can be something where we understand a whole aspect of generosity and we understand about giving and receiving in a new way and I'm going to go along these two tracks. So let me start off by just talking about uh, Proverbs 11 verse 25. It says, the generous soul or the generous heart will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered himself. There's, a, there's something in generosity where I enter into a place of watering others and being watered myself, where I enjoy Christmas, where I actually love the giving and the receiving, where my heart is not revealed in a bad way on Christmas Day. I remember when I was a little kid and there was a gift that I've always, that I'd been wanting and asking for and, and you know, praying about almost, I, I want this gift. And then I get it on Christmas Day, and I can remember that feeling of looking at it and then looking, but what else have I got? And, and it just revealed something in me that wasn't good. It's like this acquisitiveness that I want to just get, get, get. And there are other times where I've thought, oh, what a drag having to buy these gifts. And, and it reveals something in my heart that's not good. But I want to tell you that there is a way that we can get a generous heart, and when we get it, we are watered. 
Just as much as we water others, just as much as we bless others, we are blessed. And we can walk out of here today, I believe, with a new way of looking at life with a generous heart. So, let me talk about this idea of mercy versus grace. Please stick with me. Two, two topics today, generosity and mercy versus grace, and they'll come together at the end. So, I've talked a little bit about generosity. Let's look at mercy versus grace. There's a verse in the Bible, Hebrews 4 verse 16. It says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now I'm going to need you to concentrate with me for a little bit today. Mercy and grace. Have you ever thought of those two subjects as the same thing? If you're honest. Have you ever thought of them as the same thing? Mercy and grace. We use them sometimes in songs as if, as if they're the same thing. Oh Lord, please give me your mercy. I need your grace. We think of them as the same thing. But actually the Bible has two different words. And in this verse that I've just read, they are put next to each other as two different things. There are three other times in the New Testament where mercy and grace are mentioned in the same verse as two separate things. And I want us to look at this today and understand the difference between mercy and grace because when we understand the difference between mercy and grace, it opens our eyes and it opens our lives and our hearts up to being a different kind of Christian. So please track with me for a bit here. Mercy could be called pity. Mercy is where I feel sorry for somebody. I'm walking down the street and I see somebody who has no shoes and I feel pity for them. And so I give them a pair of shoes because there's an empathy and a sorrow in my heart. I feel sorry for them. That is mercy. Grace, on the other hand, in the Bible, is something completely different. Let me describe it for you like this. Mercy is if I go into court and I'm guilty of a, of a crime and the judge says to me, you are declared not guilty. We are having mercy on you. We are saying it's as if you never committed that crime. We're striking it from the record. You are fine. That's mercy. That's just covering over my sin. Mercy goes as far. If there was a line here of just as if I'd never sinned, and I'm below that line because I have sinned. Mercy takes me up to the line as if I'd never sinned. Grace takes me above the line. Mercy says, it's as if you've never done it. We purge that from your record. You're free to go. Grace is when the judge now gets out of his chair. He takes out his credit card. He gives me the credit card. He gives me a new coat of clothing. He says, this is a new career plan that I've got for you. And call me anytime you need help. Mercy says you're not guilty. You're declared forgiven. But grace is over and above. Why am I speaking about this today? Because there are many Christians, maybe even in the sound of my voice today, and we've never understood the difference between mercy and grace. And as a result, we're living in mercy, which is great, but there's a whole lot of grace available 
that we are not enjoying. Let me try and describe it for you a bit more. Mercy is in the Old Testament. Abraham goes to sacrifice Isaac. Mercy is God saying, no, don't sacrifice him. Grace is God giving a ram for the sacrifice. Another picture from the Old Testament. Mercy is when the priest would go into the temple and sprinkle the, the blood of a sacrificed bull or, or goat or lamb on the altar and the people's sins were forgiven. That's mercy on the mercy seat. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So there were the Ten Commandments in the, in the Ark of the Covenant on the mercy seat. There, there were the Ten Commandments underneath. There was the mercy seat on top. The blood was sprinkled. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Hallelujah. Mercy. I'm forgiven. That's mercy. That's great. But there's more. Grace is when the cloud fills the temple and the presence of God goes before them like a cloud and He provides quail and manna and water and He leads them and He heals them and He enables them to win victories and to go into the promised land. Do you see the difference? Mercy is Jesus dying on the cross for my sins and making me clean as if I'd never sinned. Grace is Jesus rising again, eating with the disciples, pouring out His Spirit on them and leading them into great exploits for Him. Can you see the difference? Mercy looks at the past. Look at how bad I've been. Grace looks at the future. What could I do for Him? Mercy looks at my failures and my weaknesses and how much I've failed. Grace looks past that and says, how much could I do for Him? And there are so many of us Christians, and I fall into this category often in my Christian life, where I live in this box called mercy, which is good. I've had my sins forgiven, but I stay in mercy. I still look at myself like an a little worm who's undeserving and oh how bad I've been and oh God if you would just please forgive me and he's saying there's more you're forgiven look at grace get a smile on your face get some vision for your life stop always looking backwards at how bad you've been <laughs> and start looking forwards at what you could do for me Mercy is limited. It can only go as far as to bring me up to the even keel again. Mercy can only be given as much as I've been bad, I can get mercy. Grace is unlimited. It can go more and more and more. Let me read you a couple of verses from Romans chapter 5. This is talking about grace, superabounding. Verse 15, it says, the free gift is not like the offense. In other words, grace is not limited to how bad I've been. Many of us are still living in this place where we still keep recounting all the bad we've done. And it's wonderful to think God has forgiven me. But we need to get past it to grace. The gift, the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, Christ, abounded to many. Do you see that? 
It's not limited. There's no limit to grace. If you're living in mercy, it will always be limited. There will always be boundaries. People who live in mercy say things like, my God will provide for all my needs. They're just thinking of their needs. They're looking at what they they need, their, their shortfalls. People who live in grace say, according to His riches and glory. Do you see the difference? There are so many Christians who live with their eyes down on themselves because mercy looks at me, it looks at my shortfallings, and they're they're looking at themselves all the time. Oh, how, how kind God has been to me, a lowly worm. Grace lifts their eyes and looks at the harvest. You see, because the harvest is about seeds, and I'm going to get to this in a moment, whereas mercy is about a, a limited... You know, there's two ways of looking at, at provision and, and need. Do you remember when the woman came to Jesus and she poured out that expensive perfume on His feet? And the disciples said, actually it was Judas, said, what a waste! This could have been sold and given to the poor. He's living in a mercy mindset. Because a mercy mindset says there's a limited amount of resources. There's only one cake and we can divide it up in so many ways and give it to so many people. There's only just enough. Mercy says there's just one loaf for one cake. But grace says seed. You know, seed is unlimited. You plant one tomato seed, you can get 20 million tomato plants out of it. It's un- the power of a seed is unlimited. Mercy says, oh, we've got to conserve. We've got to, is that going to, if I take from this, then there's not going to be enough for that. That's mercy thinking. That's just thinking just enough. Grace says there's no limit. There's more than enough. The next verse from Romans 5 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. So, that's grace and mercy. I'm going to go into generosity in a minute. Remember, there's two tracks here. Grace versus mercy and generosity. Generosity. How do I get a generous heart? How do I have this heart that the Bible says, if I water others, I will be watered, where I'm free from the bounds of worrying about lack, How do I get to that generous place? And now there's this other track called Grace Versus Mercy, and I'm trying to bring the two together. But before I get there, let's just think about this for a second. How do I get out of this mercy mindset into this grace mindset? How do I stop thinking always, oh, I'm a lowly worm. These are all the things I've done wrong. Thank you, God, for forgiving me. How do I get to this place where I'm past that and I start looking ahead? How do I do that? The main thing is, I've got to see where I'm standing. I've got to see the gift that God has given me. You know, when I see how much I've been given, do you remember Jesus told the story about the servant who'd been forgiven all of his debts, and that, but he wouldn't forgive the other servant who only owed him a little bit? That's because he was living in a mercy place. He, he couldn't understand. He, he thought, I have to get from this guy, even though I've been forgiven from this guy. When you understand the riches of grace, when you live in this place where you see how much God has given, 
it starts to pour out of us. When I understand the love that God has poured into me, it pours out to others. Okay, let me talk about generosity. The benefits of generosity, real generosity, the, the, the generosity that the Bible talks about, where I'm free of this, this kind of lacking mentality. When I get to that place, what it does is it takes my eyes off myself and I start to look around and I see the world as a much bigger place. You know, some people think they're generous, but they're actually still living in a, mercy, in a place of mercy. In other words, they will give where there's a lack or where they feel pity. But that's giving out of mercy. Whereas others are giving out of grace, which comes from a place of excitement and faith, of giving seed, of planting seed to see a great harvest. Instead of just saying, oh, that poor guy doesn't have shoes. No, we say, wow, look, the fields are white to harvest. I could give and I could see great multiplication. It's a, it's a change in mindset, and many of us haven't got there yet. I think if I was to challenge all of us, including myself, and say, do we give because there's a need, or do we give because we have a vision and faith of something great that God could do? That, that determines where we're at. Are we giving out of mercy, or are we giving out of grace? So I'm just going to read a passage from 2 Corinthians 9. And just before this passage, he talks about the grace of giving. He, he's, he says, um, I want you to know about the churches in Macedonia, the grace that God has given to them that they could give so freely. He says, I want you to complete this grace of giving in you. He says, just as you abound in knowledge and love and speech and all these other things, I want you to abound in this grace of giving. He's talking about giving as a grace, not as a mercy. And then he, he goes like this. He says, verse 6, 2 Corinthians 9, He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. You see, if I'm giving out of a mercy place, I don't see my giving as something that will produce a bountiful harvest. I think... You know, there's that verse in the Old Testament where God says, he who gives to the Lord, gives to the poor, lends to the Lord, and the Lord will repay him. If I'm giving out of mercy, I think if I give 10 pounds, I will get 10 pounds back. But when I'm giving out of grace, I think if I give 10 pounds, I'm sowing a seed which will produce a harvest in that place and in my life so that I can produce more and more and more. It's a different mindset. I think of multiplica multiplication and bountifulness. There's no lack anymore. Verse 7 so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Again, this is showing the difference. Those who give out of mercy, sometimes we're grudging. We think, oh boy, another poor person, another church asking for money, another, oh, another need. That shows I'm giving out of mercy or out of necessity, he says which basically means where there's a need. If I'm giving when there's a need, I'm giving out of mercy. But he says, no, we give as we purpose in our hearts and cheerfully. How is that possible? You know, when a farmer gets ready to plant his seed for next year, he's cheerful about it. I want you to imagine a farmer, he gets his seed together, it's wheat seed, and he gets it and he reads the label on the, on the packet, and it says, this will produce a wonderful harvest 
of lovely wheat, and it'll be good quality wheat. He's excited. He takes his seed, he prepares the soil, he gets it all ready, puts some fertilizer, and he plants his seed in the soil. He is cheerful. Why? Because he's looking at the harvest. He's thinking about what will come. Whereas a person who's giving out of mercy is a person who gives out of necessity or out of a grudge, really. Oh boy, another, okay, who else wants? Very interesting. Next verse, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. Do you see that? Now, I want you to notice in this verse, verse 8, how many times he says all or every. All grace abound to you, that you will always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Can you see the difference between mercy and grace? Mercy is limited. Mercy is just, oh, there's only enough, and I, I could just give this much because I, I need to keep this much. Grace says, wow, superabundance. There's no limit. It changes my heart attitude. I give with faith instead of with pity. <laughs> That's why I don't, as a rule, we don't as a church beg for money. Because then I would be encouraging you to give from pity. What we try to do as a church is we say, look at all the opportunities for great things the Lord has given us. And if you give from faith, awesome. If I was to come up every Sunday and say, we need this, we need that, we need that. All I'm doing is I'm just creating a whole church of mercy pity givers. And that's not a blessing. Because it's limited. I will only, I'm only limited to this one little loaf, this one little cake. And if I cut this much, there's only that much left. Whereas if I give in grace, there's no limit. Let me go on. Uh, verse 9, as it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He's talking about a sower, just sowing seed. And he goes on in verse 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. He's saying when we're giving in this way, we're not looking at our little loaf. He says there's seed and there's bread. Bread is for food, and you eat the bread. But when you give, you give seed, and God will multiply the seed, not the bread. When you give bread to a poor person, and listen, we need to have mercy for the poor. It's, it's a good thing to have. I'm not saying we shouldn't be, feel sorry for people. We should. But the thing is, when we want to get into this area of grace... It's not about giving out of the bread that I have. It's not about taking this little portion that I have. It's about taking my packet of wheat seeds and saying, what a harvest. What harvest could happen from this? Taking my eyes off myself and lifting them and saying, look at what's possible. And then verse 11, he says, while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. All liberality, all generosity. That's the word generosity. So this passage is teaching us that real generosity comes not from mercy, not from pity, but from grace. Friends, I, I just really feel like the Lord is talking to me and to us. I feel like the Lord has given me this insight. I, I've never heard anybody preach about this before. It's, it's a brand new concept to me. 
But the Lord has said to me, when Christians move out of mercy, obviously there's legalism. We've got to move out of legalism into mercy. Yes, that's the first step. Your sins are forgiven. But there's another step. Move from mercy to grace. Where there's no limit. There's no lack. You're not just looking at yourself and your resources. You're looking outward at the vision and what God has for you. And I believe the Lord said to me, 2016 is a new start. I had this picture. I was actually praying and walking. And the Lord said, it's like you're walking up a hillside. And you get to the top of the hillside. And there's this big open space. And you can see for miles. And I felt like the Lord said, for many people, 2016 is getting to the crest of the hill. And you enter into a whole new way of doing Christianity. Instead of always pleading to God for mercy, he says, your sins are forgiven. Stop worrying about that. Start looking at what you can do for me and look at the opportunities. Stop looking at yourself. Lift your eyes. Look around. Look at the top of the hill. It's a big open space. In your own resources, stop looking at your little bank balance. How much have I got? How much can I afford? No, no. Stop planting seed, looking at grace. He says, then you enter into this whole realm of grace where you become part of the cycle of God's supernatural abundance. When you're living in mercy, it's always just you give five, you get five. You give two, you get two. When you're living in grace, multiplication happens because it's seed. There's a blessing that comes out of it. And I believe that we've got an opportunity here. You know, the, the Lord sometimes just gives us a word that's just truth and we just need to hear it. But I feel like this today is a, the Bible calls it a rhema word. It's a word in season. It's a word for now so that we take it and we say, Lord, thank you that I can change. I can go into 2016 not just looking at the lack and the need, but looking bigger at the opportunity. And as we do that, I really believe what happens is we start small. You know, when you plant a seed, you get a little bit back, and then out of that, you take more seed, and you plant, and you get even more. And it starts a chain reaction of exponential increase. And as long as we keep planting, the increase keeps happening. The minute I close my hands and say, right, I'm keeping this, the cycle stops. I believe the Lord has said there's a chance at the start of 2016 to start a new cycle. It's a new season. We start by grace. And so I'm going to ask you in a moment to just get ready to say to the Lord, Lord, thank you for your mercy, but I'm moving beyond mercy. That verse that I read right at the beginning, Hebrews 4, verse 16, it says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, yes, but then we may find <laughs> grace to help in time of need. It's time to move past it, past mercy. I need to say, Lord, I'm going to stop worrying about how bad I've been. <laughs> I'm going to start looking at all the good I can do for you. And that includes my resources, my time, my emotions, my love, my giving. I'm going to become a generous soul, a generous heart. I'm going to become the person who pays every time at the meal for the other person. I'm going to become the person who gives more than they give me. Not because of mercy or pity, but because I'm sowing seed. And I'm sowing into kingdom things where I'm going to see your kingdom increase. 
So shall we stand together? Father, thank you. Friend, I'd like you to imagine yourself in front of the mercy seat in the Old Testament. In the, in the temple, there was the outer court, the inner court, the Holy of Holies. And in the Holy of Holies, there was the mercy seat. And the priest would put the blood on there. And the presence of God resided above there. And once a year, they would have their sins forgiven. I want you to imagine yourself there. And understand that the book of Hebrews says, Jesus has paid the price on the mercy seat once for all. You don't need to keep going back to the mercy seat. We don't need to keep going back and saying, Lord, I'm bad. He's paid the price. You know those robes of righteousness that we put on when we become a Christian? They're not cloth clothes that can be stained and need to be washed again. The robe of righteousness you put on is Jesus himself. He can't be dirtied. You are clean. Receive it. Say, God, I thank you for your mercy. I receive it, but now, Lord, I want to go beyond that, where the veil, the, the veil was torn in two of the temple, and your grace poured out to all of us. Lord, I want to leave the mercy seat, and I want to go now and walk in grace. I want to see the opportunities that you have for me, Lord. I want to walk boldly as a forgiven child, instead of always worrying, am I forgiven? I want to walk in your power and authority. And Lord, in my own giving, not just of finances, but of time and energy and emotion, Lord, I choose to be a grace giver, to give more, more than is needed. Not to give by pity, but to give by vision and faith and plant seed and be part of your grace that superabounds in the earth. God, I put myself in that place today. I want to move ahead, Lord. In 2016, I want, to, I want to live in grace, not mercy, Lord. I thank you for your mercy, but I want to go beyond it today, Lord. And I pray for my brothers and sisters, for all of us, Lord, that next year would be a different year, that our eyes would be lifted, that our hearts and our vision would be expanded, that our world would get larger instead of smaller, that there would be no limits and no constraints on what you have for us. And Lord, that you would help us all to become generous people, generous with the grace of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.